0: is episode 437 of The Sausage Factory. In this episode, I interview Ryan Boosfield of Wolf and Wood and ask them about the design and development of their warehouse-bound adventure game, The Last Worker. There's not a lot of games that make social commentary, but this is one of them. Regardless of your political sort of leanings, this game does have some interesting questions about self-worth and the kind of value one places on contributions to society as a whole. Yeah, a bit heavy going, but we do kind of skirt around that in this episode. This is more about encouraging a kind of environment and atmosphere when one is playing a game. And The Last Worker puts great pains in actually creating certain so we say comfortable yet uncomfortable experience but nonetheless a very entertaining one so ryan and i talk about this in depth if you want to hear about how the last worker was made then stick around listen to me from the relatively recent past talk to ryan about the last worker take it away chris ryan hello 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 Can you tell us who you are and what you do?
1: So, my name is Ryan Bousfield. I'm the creative director at Wolf and Woods. And we make games predominantly first-person virtual reality narrative games.
0: And you certainly made one here (laughs) with The Last Worker. Big glowing narrative. Good heavens. And everyone's speaking at you. But anyway, well, you know, not at you, but one of them is um <laughs> but before we delve into that ryan can you tell us how did you make your start making video games
1: um yeah so i came to it quite late um mid 30s um i I'd been doing other things prior to that obviously um so yeah i'd come from sort of a creative background um i worked up to be creative director at a company that would do marketing for big brands um and virtual reality it just kind of hit the scene. The DK one w- were a thing. Uh, one of my colleagues, Amish, got uh, he was interested in getting hold of one. We got hold of one for the office. He went home and played truck simulator for hours on end. Um, and then it just sat there gathering dust for a short time. Um, and I just, I was kind of interested in doing something with it, just trying something out, just a little side project. I think it was. Easter 2014 there I took it home I had a long weekend uh, no real family uh, plans or anything so made a little prototype demo a little horror showcase five minutes long called a chair in a room and then that uh yeah that's that's something that uh, became a thing became something that I published and put out there for, for free obviously early days of any any kind of new thing um yeah. And, yeah, from there, things kind of picked up, took off. Uh, I saw uh, people on YouTube playing it and getting millions of views and uh, I took it to events and people were, you know, forming a queue to have a go. Um, Obviously, partly down to the technology and then partly down to, like, a big jump scare at the end, which obviously holds people over. Um, And then, yeah, off the back of that, it just seems so like, could I could I do this for a living could this be a could this be a a future so I uh, took the risk and then yeah started my own company Wolf and Woods, off the back of it and decided to make a full three hour long narrative uh, VR game um which <laughs> is a pretty grim subject matter about missing children and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and just take a gamble on that and do that for a year as a solo dev and, and see where things go.
0: So, Ryan, can you tell us what your biggest influences are?
1: Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> there's no single, you know, there's no single game or this, you know, the, the kind of montage of things in life that add to it you know big big fan of music kind of come from a musical background I used to play in bands when they are younger um obviously you know everybody's kind of influenced by books films tv you know the job is kind of when you read through cvs and people like cooking and going abroad you say like, yeah i'm pretty sure you know 99 of people are into that um yeah, so I, th- I think it's kind of multiple things and that I think that definitely comes across in you know the work we do. We're not kind of uh, as a studio, we're not trying to be one single thing. We've we've done games that uh horror titles. We've done uh, we did the Exis Legion VR, which obviously based on massive horror IP, and kind of expanding on William. Peter Blatty's world in the XS 3 and using that as a base. Um, and then we just went completely random and off to one side, which is Hotel R The following game to that, which were about smashing up hotel rooms for the devil with kind of slightly cartoon style. Um, and I guess you know you can see little bits of influence in in those different things, like in R and R Hotel R and are. Um, a failed rock star, you know. <laughs> I think I think that kind of sums up pretty well. I think as far as influence you know there's the broader patchwork of life, yeah. Nice. That
0: was it. That was it. It's um, the, the 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 human existence and uh, the fragility of life, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. That's a wonderful thing to be. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely a bit of that in. It. Next question. What video game developer do you most admire in the industry, and why?
1: Um, I think there's there's different ones and kind of different publishers that kind of stick out. I think I think one that just just really enjoy the whole package of is um, Puppet Combo. I feel like what they do in the horror space and they have such a kind of limited palette that they work with. With the kind of PlayStation One warping textures and everything, as far as the games, the kind of video nasty aesthetic, and the fact that they keep that all as um, combined units, and you know the the runoffs T-shirts and things, and the whole thing just feels like a complete package. You know that I I don't know anything about the people behind it, really. I kind of just know the. The kind of thing, I, I quite like the mystery of it as well. You know, it's, it is a nasty thing in this kind of idea of uh, something that you know, I think if you found too much out of them, it might destroy the mystique a little bit. But yeah, they're definitely a developer, I'm a, a big fan of. Um, you know, you don't play the games for like hours on end, it's not like something like uh, factorial where I've got a couple of hundred hours, it's something where you you know, you dip in, you play like their most recent release for a, a couple of hours or however long it takes, it's like a very short form thing, but it's just really nicely done. Really, really kind of complete the complete package as a developer.
0: It's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, what <laughs> what are you playing right now, right?
1: Uh right now. Um so yeah, we've been obviously coming up to coming up to launch two days. Till the last work is out. So I've I have been quite limited, but um I've got I've got some games downloaded and ready to go. Um so Resident Evil four. That's a that's a definite. Um I picked up the PlayStation VR two, so I did I did just test Resident Evil eight and then spent what, three hours in there nonstop. So yeah. Just to try it out, just to see what it looked like, and then yeah, full afternoon later, I kind of had to uh, had to stop. But um, yeah, generally, I think the the one at the moment is um, the forest, which I've just got into very late. <laughs> you know, way behind everybody else on that one, and um, more because I saw that the sequel had come out and he like, said, oh, should I get that? Well, no, I should actually play the first one first and, you know, get an understanding of what it is and what it's all about. And so I kind of went in a little bit blind, knowing that there was some survival and some, some horror in there. But, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's been an absolute, yeah, a hoot. <laughs> yeah. scream at you in the dark woods and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, be thankful you didn't do that with saying, oh, let's play Final Fantasy fifteen. Or oh, wait, maybe I should do one first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got to do everything chronologically.
0: <laughs> yeah, do all of them first, and then you get to fifteen. by which point your brain would have turned to mush. But, um, no, excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate your, your working on The Last Worker, but it's uh, the, the last furlong now, so... And, uh, storing up some games to play afterwards which is a laudable thing so um, let's move on to the second half of the show shall we and uh, let's delve, delve deep into The Last Worker So, yep, cool, Brian, before we do that, I need to ask you a rather blunt question. In your own words, what is The Last Worker?
1: Uh, so it's an with stealth narrative set in a near-future colourful dystopia uh, about Kurt, the last human worker in a giant... Um, uh, fulfillment center and uh yeah you follow kurt's journey um from the best at his job that's why he's still there through to uh, being recruited by a mysteriously shadow organization spear and the kind of push and pull he has between him being good at his job and you know kind of stuck in a rut in a way um and you know that opportunity of you know doing something different and kind of standing out, but Kurt yeah, is very much against it for the for the first part.
0: He certainly is. I do like him though. He he. You could have so easily made him a Jobsworth, but he really isn't. You know, he, he comes across as rather, you know, um, so we say sardonic, but ultimately he does he does care about what he's doing. And you want to make sure he does a good job he 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 despite the fact he's been doing it for over twenty five years um he still cares which is interesting um i, I suspect his uh the, the his companion um, is, is helping him with that um I'm, I'm not sure if he does that i think he drives him mad but anyway um first design question then and this is something that Constantly refers back to, and it does bounce around, and you do push the boundaries of this. But I found there's a need for the player to be really observant of about the most monotonous thing you could possibly think of. Uh, and in order to re progress, really, with The Last Worker, how did you? managed to make this a challenging aspect of the game in fact making a a skill aspect of the it's yes it's narrative driven but the player is awarded for doing things correctly in the commas to reflect the abilities of kurt the, the, the player character how did you find sort of turning what is seemingly quite monotonous into something actually
1: quite entertaining I think the the starting point for it is just the the environment and world design in general um, because we've... It's kind of, yeah, not, not a thing that we've kind of been using for marketing or whatever, but we, we've had the idea of it being a, a kind of, you know, Willy Wonka chocolate factory <laughs> type experience. You know, the, the warehouses of there are areas within the warehouses with infinite depths, infinite drops. And we have, you know, obviously these kind of machines, robots flying around. We've got these machines doing uh, different tasks, moving shipping containers and loading them with um, helicopter parts and then they fly off. So we, you know, we we tried to create this, you know, this environment um, from the start with, you know, this, this kind of, excitement about exploring even within the kind of day-to-day warehouse which you know doing research for the for the game we were looking at you know what an actual warehouse does look like and what one uh works like at the moment there is there's, there's so many kind of tubes and slides and things going on and i think um you know bringing that in to the world there's been a there's been a lot of fun, and then we've made that very colourful, very bright, very uh, yeah, it's kind of more like a children's play area <laughs> than a than a warehouse in that sense. So you know, having somewhere interesting to do things, as well as giving the player the the pod, which is the full six degrees movement, where you know you're going up and down, you've got a boost button to get around quicker, uh, then you've got your your gravity gun, your jungle gun, where you can pick up objects, spin them, pull them back, launch them, throw them around, throw them at robots. There's, you know, there's just a lot of kind of playful toys within that within that world, which I think, you know, you stack them all up, then the process of, you know, going around and picking a box and doing it within the time limit, uh, you know, it, it does provide that kind of almost simple challenge that um, uh, we as developers through the process of, you know, iterative testing, we've, we've found, you know, it's something that we enjoyed. And even even today, uh, somebody delivered 11 packages and they're like, oh, that's got to be a record. And then somebody shouted over going, no, no, it's not. I've definitely, and you know, it just became like a little bit competitive over this thing that we've been doing for the last few years, it's it's weird how um, yeah, yeah how how we still you know enjoy that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I just found it amusing that I was picking this stuff up and then examining it to see a if it was the right weight, b was the right size, and c was it damaged. And like, it's ridiculous. It's a box for pity's sake. But I was you know invested in these boxes.
1: Yeah, that's Kurt. One hundred percent. You know, that's that's the that's the idea. That's the feeling we want to get across in those um, those earlier levels. Obviously, as the gameplay changes as you get further into the into the story, then you know things we, we mix up that gameplay um well quite a lot. But that early game, we knew we would have a couple of levels where we wanted to get across this idea of. Uh, you know, it's his mundane, it's his day-to-day, it's his, uh, as a character, it's it's kind of quite boring. But as a game, <laughs> that's the last thing you want. Yeah. So yeah. we, we tried to juggle those two. And I think, you know, with, with the writing and the kind of, uh, you know, downtrodden uh, responses um, Kurt might have to things, and you know the ridiculous product and whatnot. That there's there's um you know there's a there's a nod to that uh, mundane life, but yeah, as a, as making a game, we've really you know we really wanted to uh, not over-egg that. You know,
0: the characters in the last work are very detailed. They're really well fleshed out in in a variety of forms and in different ways. Um, how did you find creating these, these people?
1: Um, so that, that comes from Jörg Tittle. So uh, the last worker is uh, Jörg's concept. So he, um, he's been well, looking to make the game for a, a few years before he met Wolf and Wood. And um, so he had this, this idea, the character, Joseph Jungel, Kurt, um, who is based on Kurt Vonnegut, uh, the author. Um, and yeah, he's, he just, he's got this whole world in his head. <laughs> I'm going into a school him, but yeah, um, yeah, he's got this whole world that he had this idea for that came from um, you know seeing automation happening in supermarkets and so on. And um, he wanted to bring it to life essentially. So he had a, a, a rough outline. I think it was mid twenty nineteen when uh, he got in touch with us. It was through uh, another company that we know. And so there, there was just yeah. We we got a connection, uh, we spoke to each other, Yorg told us about this kind of crazy uh this crazy idea essentially. Um and I've just yeah, it really stuck, it really resonated, it really seemed like a a world that would be interesting to make, would be interesting to spend some time in and something, you know, very, very unusual and very unlike um, you yes, know, I feel like 85-90% of computer games it it feels like it's it's something i would not previously seen before and obviously that comes with its own challenges Um, how do you make a warehouse uh, sexy for a full game (laughs) that's something we had to work out Um, luckily Yorg had already enlisted the help of uh, Mick McMahon who is essentially one of the co-creators of Dredd, who worked on 2000 AD uh, uh, comics, graphic novels for for years and years, a uh, very well-respected artist. And he had, you know, a, a visual look, um, especially for the characters, with very, like, hard-edged, angular shapes. And so, yeah, with the kind of background that Yoga created for each of the characters with mixed concept art, then, you know, we're kind of bringing it all together and breathing life into it. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a team effort in that respect.
0: Certainly, and it really does show through. And on a related note, The Last Worker does project a view of a possible future. It's not a nice one. And there is a message there's an underlying message throughout the last worker I mean, the, the clues in you know in the title for pity's sake but how have you found making sure that that message isn't drowned out by the absurdity of what curtis find himself in the situation he finds himself in
1: yeah it's 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 kind of always there always underpinning um the the message really is, you know, it's, it's kind of social satire. Um, it, we, from the outset, is something. we... I mean, there, there are areas where it is a little bit, you know, um, in your face. But but generally, the idea is we don't want to throw it down people's throats. We, you know, we, we want to get across that idea. We want to get across the the concepts and the the potential. But. Um. Yeah, it's 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 kind of always there, underlining the narrative and the world building and some of the environmental storytelling that we've um, created around it. There, it's it's just been a it's been the kind of constant threads. And the fact that we started this just before lockdown, and then we've seen the rise of things like AI arts, you know, where whereas initially, I think when the project were conceived, you know, that it was. Uh, the idea of, you know, robots taking the mechanical jobs, you know, picking and packing, moving things. Whereas now, you know, we, we are seeing the potential of um, AI and robots or just artificial intelligence as software, that being able to, you know, take on that creative process and um, take on or not steal or, you know, <laughs> whatever the view is. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of been a it's kind of been a weird process because you know the world kind of got turned up upside down and we saw some of the things kind of coming true as we're in the process of of making something which is yeah very very unusual.
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I bristle at the AI art whenever I see it. I, I just I just turn it off or get rid of it from my. Social network streamline. I'm not. No, I do not want to see this. This is not pleasant. Um, it, it. I genuinely really, believe it's, it's soulless. It's, it's. It's. It's a vacancy in the, in the images it produces. It's. I don't want to distract from the science, which sounds like I am. Maybe I am. But um, hmm, something to ponder yeah. certainly.
1: Yeah, I definitely. Definitely find the science very interesting. Um. Yeah, what it produces and what you see off the back of it, you know, people trying to make a quick book off the back of, oh, I could generate 600 images in 12 minutes or it's yeah, probably yeah. less time. Um, that That's the, you know, that's the the, the bottom side, the dark side of it. It's, you know, yeah. the, the kind of idea that people are trying to capitalize on something that, you know, they, they've not, you know, they've not done the ten thousand hours or you know, whatever the the process is. Whereas, you know, the people who have actually put the time and effort in and, you know, worked hard to become good at doing something, you know, they're getting and they do it, you know, a lot of people just do it for pleasure. I certainly do. Um and then, you know, you can just see I think I saw a tweet where there were like a collection of um YouTube titles about Make an app, which were just about the process and, you know, how to improve and self-improvement and so on. And then the other side, they were like, make a quick books. So, you know, I made this much money by, you know, essentially feeding in some search terms, which seems really, uh, really miserable. Yeah,
0: it's the, the old NFT, Crypto Bros, kind of um, similar, low effort um a high reward kind of um, ethos, which doesn't yeah. end well, really. That's really what I'm bristling against, is that it's, and it's also, like I said, the output is is dead.
1: It's just, you can see it's just dead. Yeah, it's it's not the AI's fault, really. No,
0: but... no, no, of course it's not. Of course <laughs> it's not. But I don't want, you know, it's just not very pleasant to look at. It's like you, just, you can spot it immediately, like, oh, it's dead. I don't want to see this. It's not pleasant. But it's relative, relevant to what we're talking about now. So, last question then, and this is on the movement of Kurt and his little trolley thing that he moves around in. Um, his little little seat that he's sort of like pootering around yeah. in. I mean, I mean pootering around because the controls in the last Worker do invoke a sense of helplessness. We're moving around. There's one part where you're racing another robot and I don't wanna go into details about what happens there. It's quite early on in the game, very early, but I do remember it being quite amusing that I was racing something that's way, way faster than me no possible way I could chase I could catch this thing. But um was this deliberate?
1: Um yeah, I mean the controls and um obviously we've had the challenge of you know we're, we're We've got a VR version and a non-VR version. Um, so the the two control systems are quite quite different. Obviously, the VR version you you are, you know, I have to say the controls much more immediate, but there is a separation between you as a, a, a person or embodying the character and the vehicle that you're using. So we call it the Jungle Pod. Um it does get described later in the game as a flying mobility scooter. It's, uh, it's, Jeez, yes. it's a complete contraption and it's customised his and it's all a little bit bent and battered and kind of held together and there's bits of uh, old stickers and tape and whatnot on there. Um, yeah, so the, the VR version we're looking for, you know, we we want one hand free for the uh, jungle gun to pick up your packages and carry things around and drop them onto the loading bay at the front and then the pod itself um yeah quite simple you know just accelerate and, and turn obviously the turn being on the left hand side which that's something we looked at when we um so we went for the vr controls first and then we ported those into the flat version and when we did that we had we ended up with some you know uh, a separate head to the uh, pod itself. And we had ended up with this kind of weird tank control system that for um, a first-person, uh, say, console or PC game, just felt completely at odds. And then from a design perspective, like, a step back. So we really refined that... Um, first-person controllers so that, you know, as you look in a direction, the pod is essentially an extension of you and becomes something that just, you know, it's almost like, you know, you're you kind of turning turn your feet moving in any first-person game. It's It feels on par with that. You're not really concentrating on moving the vehicle separately, but obviously the VR version does have does have a little bit of that, and I think there is a... You know it does give the VR version a little bit more of a kind of simulator feeling when you do have to um you know have have that little bit more dexterity uh you know with that left hand and right hand when you're grabbing things off. There's, there's plenty of time. I think during the uh gameplay the amount of time that we give and the leniencies we give for people to pass a day. Um you can definitely Get through the story in the game without, you know, you might not get those top ranks, the J ranks. Um, it's obviously being a megalomaniac; everything revolves around having that that J at the top. There's no, there's not actually an A rank on there. Um, but yeah, there's there's leeway within there for um, say new users who might want the um, blinkers and the steps turning on or for you know vr pros that can just boost around and jet around and kind of fly around corners no problem um i I think i think we've we've covered kind of both both parties um as far as difficulty on that
0: so the last worker then it's been developed by wolf and wood interactive where does the name come from um
1: yeah so that That were, I I worked for a company that had a very dry name. Right. Um, And then I thought, right, no, I'm going to set up my own thing, going to make VR experiences, games. You know, it's like the start of a new thing. It's like, right, it's got to have, you know, a little bit of aggression and a little bit of a. Just, just. uh, uh, I've, I've been reading, you know, about. Uh, script writing, um, it were a book Into the Woods, which is absolutely fantastic. And it were on about the Wolfman story. And I've just, there were like elements within that that thought, so, oh, is, is that a thing? Is that something that's out there? And the idea of um, the company name being based on what I see as the best parts of, you know, and I think most people do see as the best parts of any story, where it's the antagonist, the setting. And I think for a games company, the antagonist and setting, and you know the big things. Uh, quite a, quite a lot of games. You can be, um, you know, essentially a character that doesn't speak, or you know, is just a pair of floating hands, and you know, you embody into that. I, yeah, I thought the idea of just having an antagonist let in with um, two words that you know, sit quite nicely with each other. And from a graphic design background, I had to put an ampersand in there because you know. Designerie like that.
0: Yes, you can go nuts Uh, with those, can't you? They are a lovely Um,
1: shape. Exactly.
0: So, yes, The Last Worker, developed by Wolf and Wood Interactive and published by Wired Productions. And uh, what platforms is The Last Worker available on?
1: So I just I just add to that. Sorry, it's um, yeah, developed by Wolf and Wood. It's produced by IFE and uh, oh works. yes, it's yes, his, that's his company uh, where he's writer producer. Apologies. Yes, thank you for the
0: clarification. Um, so yes, what platforms is um, is the last worker available?
1: Right, let me just try and remember. So, mm. Quest Two. And um, PlayStation Five, which also includes PlayStation VR, two uh, Xbox, PC, which also includes PC VR, Index and Quest. If you want to plug that in there, um, Gog, Epic, Switch. Oh, nearly forgot Switch. Yeah, on on Switch again. You know, it's, as far as the. Because this switch feels like it almost sits somewhere in the middle of uh you know when we're talking playing on a pc or a console compared to playing on in, in vr um because we've got the the motion control in there and obviously playing on something you know portable, you know the i really enjoy it because it does give like a slightly different experience to uh to other versions so yeah all those as client cool. remember them all
0: yeah, you did well. You did well. All of the things, almost.
1: All of the things. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, personally, I played it on Steam VR because I was playing it on the PC, um, via my MetaQuest 2, because uh, you can do that. It's like three platforms in one. If you've got a reasonable PC, you can do Oculus Rift games, Steam VR games, and just MetaQuest games. So there you go. That's why I say it's a very good headset for that provided you've got, like I say, the PC that can do the job. So, um, well, Ryan, it's been wonderful having
1: you on the show. Um, Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, always daunting doing these things. but
0: (laughs) no. I I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, You're more than welcome to come back to talk about whatever next you're cooking in your brain, um, because we will be here. We've had a lot of return guests over the years and um
1: but yeah until then brilliant yeah yeah we we definitely do have other things cooking that um yeah we should talk about yes we should we should definitely
0: but in the meantime thank you very much
1: brilliant thanks a lot cheers
0: you have been listening to the sausage factory podcast part of the cane and rinse collective support us for just two us dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Kane and Rince for early extended and exclusive podcasts find us on Twitter Facebook Instagram Twitch YouTube and at our website KaneandRinse.com